Hi, Steve Addison here for the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today, Curtis Hartshorn from Toronto, Canada is going to share his story of multiplying movements in Toronto and throughout Canada. the course of my life forever. Um, all throughout my teenage years and after high school, I thought that the plan for my life was I was going to become a death metal vocalist uh, and I was going to be famous, I guess, in those circles doing music and just partying uh, and, and doing whatever else I wanted to do. Um, but things kind of started getting derailed as I started having these extremely scary demonic experiences. Almost uh, regularly every night I would have nightmares or wake up and see spirits. Uh, during the day, sometimes I would hear voices in my head and it felt like I was just seriously mentally ill and lost all control of my life. Um, at a certain point of time, I, I couldn't take it anymore and I felt so desperate in my heart. Uh, and knowing the Bible stories as a kid being raised in the church, uh, I knew that Jesus was my only way out, that he was my my only shot at fixing my life. I ended up going to a church uh, that practiced deliverance ministry and went to a young adult service. Uh, and the Lord uh, just really woke me up to my real condition. During the whole service, I was basically having a seizure in the back row, shaking, blacking out, and could not focus. Uh, but by the end of the service, uh, the pastor gave a prophetic word, and he spoke uh, what I believe was right to me, and he said, there's someone here who is trapped, and you need freedom. Uh, and, and basically, it was enough for me to cry out to God and ask him to set me free. Uh, that night, I ended up meeting with the pastor and some of their team, and they led me through a deliverance, and it would just forever change my life. But I was completely set free by Jesus's power, um, and I was just on a completely new course. Now, wait, right when I first came to Christ, I had a, a real passion for the lost. Uh, I knew just there was an urgency in the gospel and that I had been transferred from darkness into light and that this was a message that all of my friends in my circle needed to hear. So I started going out. I started going to the bars sometimes, or I just started meeting with my friends and I started sharing the gospel. And I started sharing my testimony about all that he'd done in my life. Uh, and I really did feel like I was free from fear and I expected God to move. Um, so I saw several people come to faith. I actually saw my girlfriend come to Christ, my brother then shortly after come to Christ, uh, my sister and a couple friends. Um, but along the line, uh, the brakes got put on in my life. Um, I started... It started slow and incremental, but one example is I went out in the streets and I cast a demon out of a guy in the streets, came back and was celebrating this. And then I heard from someone, oh, actually, Curtis, you're not allowed to do that. And by stepping out and doing that, you could actually make things worse. You could actually push people away from God. And I started hearing, that was just one time, but I started hearing that similar kind of thing all the time where I would step out and try to do something. And then people would just tell me, you're just going to make it worse. Uh, and eventually, over the course of a couple years, I had almost entirely stopped sharing the gospel with people. And I hadn't led anyone to Christ in a long time. Um, now, I, I I knew I was made for more than this. And, and I, I knew that 
I was, you know, I would read like Matthew 28, Great Commission, and see these examples of Jesus saying that we are to go and make disciples of all nations. And I knew that my city needed to be saved, and I had a heart for it. But yet everything in my life was not uh, moving towards that commission and that mission. Uh, I was actually just stagnant and stuck. Now, at the same time all of this was going on, uh, I was going through Bible college and I was pursuing ministry because that's what had got, God had put in my heart when I first came to him. So I was pursuing him uh, to be in ministry. Um, but all throughout this track, I was learning more information. I would be serving at the church. I would be doing all sorts of ministry-related tasks. But inside, I felt like I had spiritually died. And I felt like I had lost that fire that I originally had when I came to Christ. Um, and I went into this season of real depression because I wasn't seeing people get saved. Uh, I wasn't really seeing the power of God flow through my life that, like I saw in the early days when I first came to Him. Um, and I just, I knew something was wrong. Uh, yet everyone else around me and the leaders in my life seemed to be suggesting that everything was actually okay and normal. Um, I couldn't take this, uh, you know, anymore. Uh, I, I just gotten completely depressed and fed up. Um, but we got an opportunity, me and my wife, Sylvia, to go to Malawi, Africa. And we got this opportunity through our, the school we were in. And while we were there, I was introduced to a lot of church planters. Uh, and over and over again, for through the course of three months in Malawi, Africa, I started having these conversations with church planters who would tell me these amazing stories about how they were reaching villages uh, with just like a simple uh, strategy. Um, sorry, I got to gather my thoughts for one second. Let's, I'm going to I'm going to rewind to that Malawi part because I want to get that better. Okay. So I felt like I was stuck in this season of just a brutal depression, and I knew that there must be more for my life than what I was experiencing. Um, and right around that time, we got offered the opportunity to go to Malawi, Africa, uh, through a school program we were in to help on some uh, missions activities. While I was in Malawi, Africa for three months, I started talking to these church planters, and I started having these conversations with some of the locals uh, they're telling me about their strategy for reaching villages. Uh, one night, a friend came over and he just begged me. He was like, Brother Curtis, I have to tell you about what God is doing. Uh, and I feel like the Holy Spirit has put it on my heart to tell you uh, what I've been doing in these villages uh, all over Africa. And so I, I, I listened to him and I eventually let him in and, and I wanted to hear him out. And he came over and he started sharing his story about how him and his wife would travel from town to town, uh, and they would preach the gospel to all of the people in the towns. Uh, then they would call uh, the people who got saved, they would bring them together, and they would start discipling these people. Then they, eventually they would raise up a leader uh, who would be the pastor of that church, and then they would go on to the next town and do the same process. And so I talked to this younger guy, and he had planted nine churches already in different villages. And I just had this huge realization in my life uh, where this guy had very little resources. Uh, he didn't have the money. He didn't have all the structures and, and, and things that we have in my context. And yet he was bearing a cr crazy amount of fruit in the kingdom. 
And I realized just how much I had, yet I wasn't seeing the kind of fruit that he was seeing. And over and over again, I would hear these stories, and then I would go to the book of Acts and look at the Gospels and see the similar fruit uh, in the Bible, and I started realizing that there was something wrong. There was something deeply wrong with my life, and there was this chasm between what I was calling ministry and what was going on in the Bible. So when me and my wife uh, figured some of the stuff out, we just decided we're going to go home and we're just going to, we're just going to start something new. We're just going to start inviting people into our house. Uh, and we're going to just start preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel. And we just want to, we just want to church plant and start something new. Um, so we came home and we were all excited with this vision. We, we went to the church we were a part of with, uh, the leadership and we just said all the stuff that God had put on our heart. We said, we got this idea. We want to go plant churches. We want to start seeing new people reached. And, and basically, uh, they, these guys kindly said to me, you know, that's, that's a great, that's a great, awesome thing, but, but our vision is just not there. So you're going to have to figure this out, uh, by yourself. And so at first we were discouraged by this, but we decided, you know what? The Lord had put this in our hearts so deeply that we couldn't, we couldn't ignore it. So we decided just to start. And we started simply just by inviting some of our friends into our apartment to, for coffee. And we would invite them into our apartment for coffee. And then we would share the gospel with them uh, and just kind of pray and hope for the best. We didn't have much of a strategy or a plan. Uh, but we did this. And in the first month of us actually just stepping out in faith and trying this, we led three of our friends to Christ. And then we started trying to disciple them the best way we knew how. Uh, now, over time, I got connected um, with some church planting organizations and some other people. And I started just searching for people I could partner with so that me and my wife wouldn't have to do this alone. Um, and through that, we got some awesome training in evangelism and, and other things. And we, and we started partnering with a, a church in the area uh, to, to plant a, a church. Um, now, through this experience, I got introduced to a guy named Troy Cooper. And Troy did a gospel conversation training, and he took us through a training called The Four Fields. And this training, when I sat through it, blew my mind because I realized this is exactly what, what Jesus had put in my heart in Africa. This is exactly the type of stuff I had seen and the thing that I felt like God was calling me to do in my city. Uh, and so this just absolutely blew my mind. And I started putting some of these principles into play and started seeing people come to Jesus and get baptized. Now, I, I, I wish I could say I jumped into it right away and there was no distractions in my life and I just started seeing crazy fruit and planting churches and, and it was multiplying and all that. But it actually took me, after going through that training, it took me a couple years before I actually can say I, I launched into it. And we, we felt like, me and Sylvia really felt like we got distracted for a bit. We really, we really desired a, a community of people around us. And, and because of that, we started looking around at different organizations. Um, but we realized throughout these couple of years that as we were looking at these organizations, we were basically just heading back to the same model and pattern of ministry that we were in uh, before God had given us this vision. And so, not, not after a long time, I ended, I ended up calling Troy Cooper again. And, uh, I had a, a crucial conversation with him on the phone where he really, uh, just broke some chains off of my mind and set me free to obey the vision God had given me. But the conversation went something like this. I, I basically was telling him about how frustrated I was because I felt so stuck and I was trying to do all these ministry trainings and I was trying to, 
do all these things for the organization uh, so that they would let me one day hopefully uh, go plant a church. And I felt like kind of I was looking at a carrot on, on a stick or on a string and I was constantly just chasing the prize, but I could never get there. And so as I'm rambling to Troy on the phone and just telling him how frustrated I am, um, he just stopped me and he said, Curtis, uh, how many people have you led to Christ this year just while you've been working your job, uh, you know, uh, and just doing doing this, doing your thing? Uh, and, and I said back to him, it's probably been around 15 people. Like I've probably seen 15 decisions for Christ just in my workplace and just uh, in the streets when I had spare time. Um, and then he asked me the question, he was like, well, Curtis, well, where are these people now? How many disciples do you have? And I realized I didn't have an answer for him because I realized that I had been sharing the gospel and trying new things, but I was spending so much of my time in training, trainings and so much of my time going to different church things and, and, and different organizational things that were required of me to plant a church that I actually didn't have time to disciple the people that Jesus had given me. Uh, and so I realized that. And then Troy basically said to me in a very uh, blunt way, but it was the way I needed to hear. He basically said, Curtis, why are you waiting on man to give you the authority that Jesus has already given you? Uh, and in that moment, I realized that I had already begin been given a church. I was already planting a church. I had led people to Christ, about 15 people. And I just needed to wake up to the fact that I had authority to disciple these people and plant a church now. And so after that, I just decided enough. I'm not playing any more games. I'm not going through any more trainings. I am just simply going to preach the gospel. I'm going to disciple people and start forming house churches. And so me and my wife launched into the ministry that I believe God had put in my heart years earlier. Um, so sometime after that, a little time after, we started gathering people uh, into our homes. We started doing regular weekly outreach, uh, and we started just making disciples and forming house churches like we see in the book of Acts, in Acts 2. Um, and just all along, I've only been doing this about a year and a half now, but in this year and a half, I have seen, uh, we've, we've baptized 15 people. Uh, we've seen, you know, a lot of decisions for Christ and we have a lot of people coming and we've got several house churches planted. Uh, we have several groups of families that we're discipling, but we're starting to see people get raised up. Uh, leaders get raised up from this and multiplication actually happening in our city. So one of our visions when we started planting these house churches was that we wanted to come up with something that was simple enough for every single Christian uh, to be able to take on. So just like we saw in Malawi, Africa, people with no little resources, little education, little whatever, uh, but we're producing much fruit. We want to see the same thing in Canada. We want to empower every single believer to feel confident to plant churches. And so a simple testimony that I have of, of what this could look like uh, was with my friend Ron. So I was, I'd moved into this community in Whitby and it was a high density community, super multicultural. And it was also really just a high need community. There'd been a lot of crime stuff there. And, and we just really had Jesus's heart to move into this area and see revival happen. So I moved into this place and we were starting to reach people and form church. And I meet this guy named Ron, um, down in the basement of my building. 
Uh, and so Ron uh, was a believer, but he, for years he had actually fallen away from the Lord, and he was just actually returning back when we had uh, connected. And so we got each other's contact information and decided, I, I decided I wanted to meet up with Ron and pour into his life and start encouraging him and give him a vision uh, to get him back on track with Jesus. So the first, one of the first meetings, maybe it was the first or second, we met, uh, I took him to a Tim Hortons, uh, and we, we were sitting down for coffee, and we were just talking, and he was filling me in with some of the stuff he was struggling with, and he was just still coming out of some stuff and, and just really struggling in his faith. And so I was, I was speaking into his life and encouraging him. While we were having this meeting, I saw a couple sitting behind him, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, go up to this couple. Uh, and the woman, she has been diagnosed with cancer. And the man, uh, he is in bondage to demons and he desperately needs freedom. Uh, and so I get this word and we're sitting there. So I tell Ron, hey, Ron, we're just going to go talk to these people. And so I could see that he was pretty nervous about this experience. Uh, but he got up and he came with me. And so we delivered the word and I said, hey, uh, I, I believe, sir, that you are, are searching for freedom right now. And the Holy Spirit has told me to come over here and tell you that he wants to set you free. And then I told the woman that we want, wanted to pray for her cancer. And yeah, and the words lined up uh, and they, they told us this was, this was absolutely the case in their life. So they invited us to come over to their home. And so we went over to their home uh, and we ended up praying for her healing and we ended up casting out demons out of this guy. Now, right after we casted demons out of him, uh, he gave his life to Jesus. He accepted Jesus and he decided that he wanted to be baptized uh, right then and there. So I showed, uh, basically told Ron that, Ron, you're actually going to baptize him. And so Ron got to baptize this guy, Murray. Uh, and, and it was just this amazing, powerful experience where this family got so touched by the Holy Spirit. Um, now, during that week, I started training Ron, and I gave Ron some simple discipleship tools that he could bring to this family to start beginning discipleship and forming church in their home. So the following week, Ron goes back. He's got some simple tools, and I went with him and assisted him, uh, but we started leading this family through weekly Bible studies uh, where we learned about the Bible and we started setting goals together uh, for growth in our, in our walk with Jesus. And over time, eventually Ron took over this group and began discipling them and forming a church uh, in this family's home. Uh, since then, it's been amazing because Ron is now going out into the harvest, uh, into the streets with Murray, the guy we led to Jesus, and they're starting to share the gospel with people. And actually, Murray had the privilege of leading someone to Christ while we were making a visit to the hospital. So there's been multiple generations of people coming to faith, um, which is amazing. But I wanted you to just catch from that story, hopefully it encourages you, that this is actually so much more tangible and graspable than I think we believe. A lot of times we think that planting a church has to be this extremely difficult process, and you have to be some sort of expert with degrees and have all sorts of money and all sorts of things going for you to do it. And I, I, I think this story really captures that Ron, he had just returned back to the faith. He led someone to Christ, baptized them, started a church in their home, and now they're leading people to Christ. It is actually just that simple. And I really believe this is the kind of pattern that we see in the book of Acts and the kind of pattern that God wants to see in our churches today and in the Western world today. So I hope that story just encourages you to really take that step towards miracles for yourself. 
Well, if you're enjoying the Movements podcast, why don't you leave a review or let people know through social media. This is Steve Addison for the Movements podcast.